the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. American prosperity is the bedrock of freedom and security all over the world. An obligation to the heritage of liberty and dignity handed down to us by our forefathers. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Haidt filling in today here, this first segment at least, for Mr. Ed Martin. He will be with us today. Got a couple of great interviews, new ones, uh, catching up actually with John Schlafly. There was a little thing they wanted to tag on, a different uh, topic, so they saved it for a brand new interview today uh, that he will be joining Ed for. And then also uh, Colonel, retired Colonel, John Mills, good friend of the show, will be on with us talking about uh, a couple of different things today, some new uh, things that he's going to uh, discuss with Ed when it comes to security agencies and his uh, former work, the surveillance state. Uh, so you don't want to miss either one of these. They're going to be very good. John's here to talk about due process, uh, the importance of due process here in America. So uh, don't miss those. And uh, before we go any further, though, I do have a very um, important and kind of a sad uh, what you need to know, but I think there's a big lesson learned for our wink today. Uh, before we go any further, let me remind you, head over to ProAmericaReport.com. You'll find Ed's Substack, lots of good writing there. Sign up to uh, be subscribed to that. And also go to phyllisschlafly.com. There you will find all of the audio, all of the standalone segments, the podcast, the links and resources, everything there. And you can also sign up for the daily wink email. You want to do it. Trust me, it is worth your time. Uh, But uh, those things aside, let's dive right into it. We've got something to talk about here that, I mean, it breaks your heart. It is sad uh, and uh, and really kind of terrible to understand. But um, it's something I think we all need to we all need to know. And you'll actually see this. We've got an article. Here's a little uh, sneak preview for you, because we typically choose the articles. Uh, Ed has his uh, email that he's got going, the Wink email, a a little early. Uh, It obviously is subject to change, and it follows the trends of what's going on. But we noticed that uh, David French, which uh, (laughs) David French, the so-called conservative columnist, the token conservative, it seems, from the New York Times, but certainly not a conservative by most of our standards, he's got a uh, new opinion uh, piece a new op-ed that basically says uh, supporting Donald Trump is, in fact, less excusable than slavery. (laughs) It's fairly extreme. Uh, And they have made slavery out to be, uh, and anything touching slavery, the most extreme wrong in America. And to be clear, it is an ultimate uh, horrible evil. Uh, The ownership of another person being the, uh, the evil upon which the Republican Party's foundation occurred, uh, that no man should own another. Uh, And this is, in fact, the truth uh, that exists uh, along with our uh, founding documents, the truth that we pursued, the truth that we had a 
violent um, and terrible conflict in this nation over and that we have come out the the correct side of, I believe. And slavery has been abolished in America. We have moved on and ever increasingly move forward. But the left is, is coming back around to it again um, in ways that just always kind of disturb me. So that the French piece um, ties in with something happening that I wanted to let you all know about uh, that's going on right now. Uh, actively, the Arlington National Cemetery Confederate Reconciliation Memorial, a huge statue, um, a big uh, bronze piece dedicated to the uh, reintroduction, the reconciliation of the South uh, placed at Arlington National Cemetery. This was built um, between... Uh, what was it? Uh, I think it, it came about in the early 20th century uh, that this was built. Uh, but it is uh, a longstanding and a beautiful piece, and it is being torn down, actively being torn down right now. According to um, a requirement from a past Congress, it says, the cemetery says, they have to have it torn down by January 1, 2024. Well, there are House leaders fighting against this, several of them trying to get this stopped, trying to use the uh, def- the DOD Appropriations Act to get this stopped, um, because the reality is this Reconciliation Monument does not honor or commemorate even the Confederacy itself. It memorializes the reconciliation of the South, the reunification, national unity, yet again, and, and that's the name of the monument, but it doesn't matter. The left has to make it toxic. The left has to destroy uh, everything in their path that they want gone. We must obey their version of whatever it is, whether it's something in the lane in the in the lanes of social justice, whether it's something in the lanes of historical revision, whether it's something in the lanes of critical theory, tearing down the institutions. We know what the goal is. And here's what you need to know. Here's the wink. Appeasing the left is never good enough for them. It will never be good enough. Every time they want to do something like tear down a monument or move this direction or that, uh, there are so many, I believe, who do not really fully understand where the left is in terms of their hatred for America, their desire to completely overturn the institutions fundamental to this nation. There's a whole group of people that say, well, well, I guess we could get rid of this statue. It's okay. We could go along with this. And, and the reality is it doesn't matter. You can get rid of this statue, this uh, Confederate Reconciliation Monument at Arlington National Cemetery. It's not going to be good enough for them. Come January 2, 2024, the statue is gone. They are going to find the next statue and the next statue and then the next building and then the next memorial and then the next institution. It is a march through all of our history, all of our institutions, all of the things that make our nation what it is, a fundamental change. We've heard that phrase before, right? Harkening back here to the Obama um, original presidential campaign to fundamentally transform America. Guess what? I, I mean, I think that's honestly that is saying the quiet part out loud, but in a way that made people excited, made the masses uh, seem hopeful. But the reality is when it comes to critical theory, when it comes to this new or neo-Marxism, to this, this cultural Marxism that we're dealing with here in America, the whole point that they have is to completely destroy and overturn the institutions as they exist. And whether those institutions are the actual, um, you know, the things in our government, the, the uh, 
uh, uh, agencies and the bodies like Congress and, and so many of the agencies in the executive branch, or if it's to overturn uh, an institution like the family or the church in America, things that are not necessarily this, you know, one group of people inside one building, this this structure of society, all of these must be overturned in order to recreate them entirely with fill in the blank at the top. Whoever the powerful elites are moving these things through, uh, the, the globalists, the kingmakers, the deep state, you fill in the title. We've talked about this a lot. The names have changed throughout the years as to what we call them, but these powerful people who want to remove the freedom and free markets of America and instead replace it with power and control and authority that comes back to them. These folks have to, and they use their useful idiots all the way down to the bottom who get excited about things like this but don't actually understand what's going on. These folks have to undo and destroy everything that America is built on, all of the things that we have gone through, the national burdens we have carried, uh, like the stain of slavery and the remarkable and bloody conflict that was a part of of blotting out that stain and moving forward in a new and better and freer and more prosperous way for all. All of this story of becoming better and progressing, true progressing, real progressing into prosperity and freedom, this has to be erased in order for them to fully convince people the system is broken, the si- and it is broken, make no mistake, but the system is broken and is inherently evil, is inherently pro whoever the oppressor is that they have fixed, whether it's the rich or whether it's a certain color or whether it's a certain uh, demographic or a certain background and nationality, whatever it is, we must set up these oppressors, the new Marxists say, and then we have to convince everyone that everything is completely inherently bent toward those people oppressing you and that has to be destroyed. So from every monument to every monetary policy to every institution of government, including our crown jewel, the justice system itself is all inherently racist or evil or oppression fill in the blank it's all inherently broken and it must be remade in our image and that image is one of materialism of humanism of all of the things completely antithetical to our founding completely antithetical to the reasons that america was founded this the search for religious liberty the search for self-government the search for private property and individual responsibility all of these things are going to be removed just like this monument's being removed and what we need to understand what you need to know what i need to know what everyone needs to know is appeasing the left never works it is not enough for them it never works we have to stop and hold the line and say no especially when it comes to these monuments this reminds us of our of our wonderful uh, former chairman helen marie taylor who passed away uh, just in the last couple of years here she was a fighter for historical monuments because she understood this tells our story of what we have done, what we've gone through to become the nation that we are. And for good or bad, all of these things must be remembered. Because if you forget who you are, it's gone. Uh, Like the famous saying, the George Santayana, we hear it often, the the nation that forgets its history. Pardon me. That for a nation that forgets its history is doomed to repeat it. A people that forget their history are doomed to repeat it. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it holds true. We must remember who we are, what we have done, what we've overcome, how we have changed, or it's all up for grabs. We're going to do the same things all over again with a different um, flavor to it. So 
No matter what we do, we must never appease the left. It never works. It's never enough for them. That's what you need to know. So come on back. We're going to take a quick break here. Come back with a couple of great interviews. Uh, go to ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up and subscribe there to the Substack. Go to PhyllisLafley.com. Sign up for the Wink. Grab all of the uh, old segments and all of the podcasts there. Send them to a friend. And we'll see you right back here after the break on the Pro America Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We're talking with John Schlafly, and we're visiting and revisiting this question, this question of due process. And we've heard in the last uh, few weeks, we've heard from people like uh, Catherine Engelbrecht. We've heard from people like Mike Davis about what's happening to our court system, what's happening with uh, what's going on. And I, I think, you know, the, the, the we should be saying more clearly that we demand due process. It should be demanded in this case. John Schlafly, welcome. I know you're an attorney. Uh, you practice for some years. You don't formally practice now, but obviously you're a close observer of this. It, you know, the the idea that um, not just President Trump, but so many others, uh, including, say, uh, Dean Eastman, uh, Professor Eastman, are, are targeted, it, it really feels like, as I've said before, the crown jewel of America, which is our constitution, the rule of law, and our, our people, our, our founding values together, this being attacked in, in this way. How, how, do you, how do you see it, and how do you understand the, the frame that I'm offering? Well, that is true, and we have well-established principles of immunity and privilege that are being just steamrolled uh, in, in an effort to get Trump, as, as Professor Dershowitz made the title of his book, Get Trump. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on here. And Dershowitz, of course, had a long has had a long career in criminal defense, and he's pointed out these things: how attorneys have been forced to breach their attorney-client privilege, which used to be sacrosanct. Well, it isn't. If you attorney work for Trump, uh, your attorney-client privilege is broken, and you know confidential communications have been forced to be turned over. And then there's the journalist privilege, and there's um, uh, just came out that a conservative journalist who works for the Blaze Media, a legitimate journalist who was taking pictures and films of people entering the Capitol, is on January the sixth, twenty twenty-one. He's been told he's he's he'll be charged for for himself for interfering with official proceedings because he was filming what mm. was going on and transmitting that to the American people. So that's kind of thing. Those are two examples. There are many other examples, uh, you know, trying to disbar attorneys. Yeah. Uh, the prosecution of Rudy Giuliani, which is an outrage. Uh, and uh, You could go on so, and on. John, I want to ask you about one aspect. I've, I've seen you write about it, but, you know, there's a famous essay written by a former uh, Court of Appeals judge, uh, the late uh, Judge Henry Friendly, uh, where he lists, he, he has, uh, he writes about this question of uh, of due process, comes up with a list of uh, uh, the elements of due process. And, and, and one of the first one is an unbiased tribunal. 
Now, you've written about this, about the court system in Washington, D.C., the federal courts and the judges. There's nothing unbiased about this tribunal that Trump is facing. I mean, what do we what do we have when we have judges? It's OK. Prosecutors can be crazy. I look up to New York, the Letitia James and maybe down to Georgia to Fannie Willis. Their language can be crazy. They're elected officials and all. But in our federal system, judges and the judicial system, it's just and then the jury. I mean, that's not an unbiased tribunal at all not even close no and and uh, uh unbiased tribunal is an important doctrine but the phrase that's in our constitution is, is an impartial jury i mean those words have resonated now for 200 and what 240 years and uh there's no way that donald trump can find an impartial jury in the district of columbia and so Certainly he, as well as all of the January 6th defendants, should be entitled to a change of venue to their home district. Now, uh, the, the, the other constitutional provision says that crimes are supposed to be tried in the district where the crime occurred. But, you know, so there is a conflict between that provision but the need for an impartial jury. If you can't get an impartial jury, there should be a change of venue at a minimum uh, uh, till you can get an impartial jury. And if you can't seat or impanel, as lawyers say, an impartial jury, then the trial cannot be held. It's kind of like, Ed, uh, as you know, there are some people who are so, um, you know, uh, you might say, uh, insane, uh, or that they are unable to participate right. in their own defense, that a trial cannot be held. That person cannot be tried, held. And the same also applies if you cannot seat or impanel an impartial jury, the trial cannot go forward. And yet that's really uh, where we are with President Trump and with all the other J6 defendants. You know, not one of them had an impartial jury. Well, and you know, um, the the uh, that's an excellent point. I mean, very well said about the 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 history and what Americans should demand about due process, how it should work. I think that that captures it. Um, I, I want to ask you, John. I want to judge friendly. I'm not saying it's ours, but he says about due process is public attendance. How do you feel about? The um, the call President Trump has done it in one, at least one of his cases saying, you know, televise this. Let's let the world in here. I think there's always been conflicting conversations about this. You know, the late Justice Scalia did not want to to, to trans to to uh, transmit to televise. Uh, um, uh, but should the defendant be allowed to say, I want this to be available? In other words, it, the, the, not not an appellant necessarily, but if you're the defendant in a criminal matter, can public attendance, could you extend that and say, you, you have to be able to stream that live so everyone can see it? I think it's an important issue that should be considered. And uh, I haven't totally made up my mind about that. Yeah. Trials do have to be public. And now the federal court's have not allowed cameras, and they say that if you have a small number of spectators, maybe you know a couple of dozen or how many can fit in the courtroom, and then you have reporters and uh, sketch artists right. who draw pictures, and that's good enough. Well, I'm not sure it is good enough in a case like this. And uh, you know, certain states, and Florida was the first for probably 40 years ago, 
to, to call cameras in all courtrooms. Yeah. Now, I should, you know, just just to sure people understand, the jurors are kept out of the camera's view. So you, you don't get to see jurors. They are kept, they can be kept anonymous. But everybody else, including witnesses and the defendants and other parties and lawyers to the case, are visible and every and audible to the general public. That's the way it's done in Florida. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone complain about that. Uh, well, well, and, I, and I, the, the thought I hear, I think, John, is that if if we've come to a point where for reasons that are, are um, uh, difficult to get into in a, in a short uh, conversation, people don't really trust what's happening with the government. I think that's where we are. I think if you could go back 40 years, people would say maybe they shouldn't have trusted it much, but we've been conditioned to believe that generally our system was working for all of us and working well. And if the distrust is what's crept in in a profound way, then in order to have due process, the demand is, hey, for a criminal defendant, you know, not not necessarily as a, a, plain, a defendant in a, in a civil action, maybe or on appeal or something. But as to you're taking my liberty away, I want that to be able to be seen publicly. And the way to do that used to be you had to go there and, you know, there'd be coverage, as you point out. Now you can stream it and with a low, low enough cost. Yeah, the word public is in the Constitution. In every in all criminal prosecutions, the Sixth Amendment says the defendant is entitled to a speedy and public trial. Now, what does public mean today in 2023 or 2024? You know, maybe it does mean uh, streaming. Uh, that needs to be seriously considered. A great, another great point, John. Thank you. Um, and uh, I, I had not put that together, uh, the link there. And again, as you say, it, it's it's a brave new world as part of it. it the, the founders didn't know we'd have the internet streaming and have that uh, ability, obviously. But but it seems to me, again, there there ought to be for us as we the people to say when it comes to you know taking away and I probably I probably can convince myself to when taking away life, liberty, and and the pursuit of happiness. So property uh, uh, takings also, you'd say, you know what, if I want it i should be the one that gets to say i'm the defendant i should be able to go uh, the one that to say whether i want this uh uh i want this televised uh and streamed so people can see it and review it and critique it and everything else and um so all right john schlaff we thank you as always uh, a great great insight very helpful on that question of due process uh demanded and uh, what needs to happen uh i will make sure um to link to the judge friendly article uh and also to john schlaff's uh, columns over phyllislafway.com we got to take a break though everybody uh we'll be right back it's ed martin here on the pro america report back in a moment Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Time to check in with our old friend, Colonel John Mills, retired Army colonel, a long career in uh, in intelligence, in uh, understanding what's happening in government, as well as now in the last few years, especially understanding how uh, to interact with local governments and the author of the book, uh, war Against the Deep State, The War Against the Deep State, which is the second uh, uh, book, WarAgainstTheDeepState.com, by the way. You can go there to check that out. It's the second of his books, uh, uh, particularly on what's happening and where uh, things are going and heading. Welcome back, uh, Colonel. How are you, sir? 
Oh, Ed, thank you. Uh, always an honor to be with you. And you wrote a great preface. Ed wrote the preface. Uh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It book. is. A, that is. A, I shouldn't I shouldn't bury the lead there. And, and that, um, you know, uh, you told me how the first book you wrote was really about what you saw to do. Right. In other words, how do you create the web of uh, relationships, the social network of relationships to get to make things work, to, to influence particularly what has happened after the election in, in 2020? Like, you know, if you're concerned about things, you got to go about changing uh, things and you can you know yell into the uh, cyberspace and, and or you can go and say, hey, here's um, uh, here's ways to connect people. And that book is called The Nation will follow um war against a deep state why why and what's the moment what why'd you write this one what are you what are you trying to do here well the second book is really about the foundations of the mass surveillance state that we're finding more and more about and i was there i was part of the interagency team that put it together 2007 to 2014 it was created with lawful and good reasons to protect Americans from the foreign extremist threat, but it's been turned around and pointed and weaponized at the American people. So the foundations of the surveillance state, which had given rise to the fourth, fifth, and sixth branches of government, the administrative state is the fourth branch, the fifth branch being the fusion of federal law enforcement, intelligence, and big tech, and the sixth being the out-of-control nonprofits that are unaccountable, places like the UPenn Biden Center for Election Interference, uh, or many nonprofits that are garnering huge sums of money from the federal government in resettling illegals coming across the border. Um, Colonel John Mills, our guest, and again, WarAgainstTheDeepState.com. You can see uh, his book there, and, and um, you can buy it lots of different places, including through uh, Mike Lindell's website there. You can get signed copies. Um, so, you know, in the last couple of days, last week or two, um, the Republicans included uh, reauthorization of aspects of this surveillance state. It, is the nature of the beast here, John, that if you're in the process, in the midst of it, you think, well, we can tweak it and manage it. OK, because uh, from the outside, it looks like you, you just got to stop. You, you got to stop this completely. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't I don't I don't I don't assume that all of these people just have bad faith. Right. I don't think Speaker Mike Johnson, I think he's a conservative, but it, it looks like everybody sort of comes to a sort of, uh, you know, uh, the conclusion, oh, well, we can fix it and it doesn't feel like you can fix it. What, what am I missing? I, what I have seen in past art uh, uh, debates over renewal of the 702 process is when they bring in the policymakers on the executive branch, when they bring in the legislators, it is intoxicating when they when General Paul Nakasone gives a brief or Jen Easterly at DHS Sissa gives a brief. The scope, scale, and immediacy of what can be had is intoxicating. Everybody goes, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, we want this all right. And not stopping or pausing to think, not can, uh, can we, but should we? And do we have a legal basis? And this is what's happened over and over and over again. And Nakasone comes out, uh, you know, come in a compelling, we've got to have this. And everybody says, well, General Nakasone and Jenny Sully says we got to have it. We got it. And then, wow, that briefing was great. So I guess we got to have it. No, 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 no. 
we've got to stop. This is just frankly out of control. And we do not have proper transparency and accountability for the mass surveillance that's that's uh, been picked up. Now, just a real, real, real quick caveat is also tied to book one and part of book two is we do have an arrest and now a sentencing of Charles McGonigal, former director of FBI counterintelligence for the New York field office. So this is one of the, one of the things I talked about in book one and very closely related to book two is out of control federal officials creating, creating this this whole drama of Russia, Russia, Russia. And was that what happened on January 6th? Yeah, I think uh, we need to, I think there's a strong evidence leading that direction here. So we need full, absolute accountability. And we need to, we need to put our foot on the brakes of 702 and say enough time to reset this. Uh, we're talking again with uh, Colonel uh, John Mills, uh, John R. Mills. He's a uh, former director of cybersecurity policy and strategy inside the uh, Secretary of Defense. Um, and sort of kind of a, uh, I don't know what to say, convert to the to the uh, uh, corruption of the system. Um, you know, uh, John, if if we have this going on in our government, um What's the likelihood that uh, I don't know how to say this better? The, the chances that the Chinese communists are not knee deep into like every aspect of our systems. It seems like almost 100 percent that they're in there. And that and yet uh, let me ask it this way. Are, are is somebody fighting that? And we just don't know because you can't know everything in the public. Or are we spending our time watching ourselves and our own nation and targeting our own politics? And we're the threats are all around us. I think there's hope, uh, as as Ronald Reagan or, or Phyllis would have said. There's a pony somewhere in this pile, and I do <laughs> see an <laughs> I do see an awakening. I do see an awakening in many ways, and there's there's a greater amounts of whistleblowers coming forward. I think more and more people realize this, but the problem was for so many years we were taught China's rise is good. China will become like us. Okay, those days are gone. And except for those who are totally bought off, those who are totally corrupt, those who are totally just absolute naive, they realize China is the problem and China is embedded in our culture, in our education system, in our institutions. And we've got to start we're, 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 I think there has become an awakening except for that dedicated fringe that's bought off or corrupt or just ideologically wacko. So I do see hope here and I do see an awakening, but we really need America first leadership back in the White House. Uh, the book, again, is uh, War Against the Deep State. Um, the author is Colonel, retired Colonel John Mills, Ar Army, uh, U.S. Army. Um, new leadership Okay, in the White House. But again, back to my point, if you if the Congress can be wowed by the briefings, are we you know, are we uh, and are, are we almost too little too late? Uh, I'm hoping that this is this is a very short term extension of 702 in the National Defense Authorization Act. Um, we have to have an honest dialogue. This 702 has really been uh, that's the basis for many in the deep state to abuse the mass collection capabilities and weaponize them, use them for I me. Mean, it started off as simple unmasking with uh, um, 
Susan Rice uh, in advance of the 2016 election. It's gotten far broader and worse. And two key legal elements that have also enabled this, and that's the 2013 Smith Moon update, which essentially allowed a U.S. government produced information to be directed at the American people. And it created the culture and atmosphere and attitude that if somebody questions it, questions U.S. government information, they obviously are under foreign influence and that the 2018 executive order that created the Foreign Influence Task Force, which to this day, you know, we got the all important Missouri, Louisiana cases in front of the Supreme Court. And now we have Ken Pacton's Texas suit mm-hmm. uh, that's parallel, more targeted at State Department and the Global Engagement Center right. and the, the digital, uh, the disinformation global index, this cottage industry out of London, right. where everybody who in the fairy tale land of mis, dis, and malinformation has uh, flocked to in London. Right. But also, you got Atlantic Council, you got University of Washington, Stanford yep. Yep. targeting yeah. Americans. Yeah, um, unfortunately, John, uh, Colonel John uh, Mills, I'm out of time. Uh, I'm up against the deadline. So thank you. Everyone should get this book, not just because I did the introduction, but because there's a lot of there, there. War Against the Deep State, uh, Colonel John Mills retired. We'll be right back, everybody. I'll put it up on social media. We'll take a quick break and be back. Ed Martin, Pro America Report, back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. When people try to pick and choose from commonly held conservative positions, it often leads to significant logical inconsistencies. For instance, someone might say that they believe in what conservatives say about strong schools that focus on core subjects, but they don't agree with conservatives on immigration. Yet illegal aliens are overrunning border state schools, and few in power are bringing attention to this huge problem. The contentious debate on how our schools ought to be run does not mean much if schools are drained by this massive influx of illegal immigrants. Others might say that while immigration isn't their issue, conservatives are right when it comes to national security. With no way to vet migrants hailing from all over the world, terrorists like those who massacred innocent civilians in Israel are slipping across our open border, waiting for an opportunity to strike Americans here. This is no mere speculation. Just look at the data released every year by the Homeland Security Department. Known terror suspects are detained every single year as they're trying to cross the southern border. And loose immigration policies make it harder and harder to keep Americans safe from these brutes. People like to sound smart and nuanced when they talk about politics to avoid coming across as someone who just toes the proverbial party line. However, logical consistency demands that we acknowledge the link between education, national security and our immigration policy. We call that connection a worldview. If you hold the traditional Judeo-Christian worldview, it's hard to pick and choose which conservative policies you believe in. Of course, this is not to say that every conservative has to fight on every issue all the time. Different activists have different issues that are a particular passion, and there's nothing wrong with this. Even the great Phyllis Schlafly, who spoke and wrote on just about every issue in American politics, 
used certain seasons of her life to focus on one issue or another. However, to support liberal policies on immigration while claiming conservative principles on other issues will almost always lead to disaster. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. American citizenship should never be taken lightly. That's why you need to go to phyllisschlafly.com and be part of the dialogue on the need for border security and an accurate census, the travesty of sanctuary cities, and voting rights for illegals. Voice your opinion at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Hey, welcome back to the Pro-America Report. This is Ryan Height Coming in here to the booth real quick, I'm going to wrap up the show for Mr. Ed Martin. He had to hightail it to something else. First, before we go on uh, in anything else, remind you, go to ProAmericaReport.com. There you can pick up Ed's Substack. Sign up for that, a lot of the things that he's writing. And uh, also head over to PhyllisSchlafly.com. There you will find all the audio and the standalone segments, the podcasts, everything from the Pro-America Report. Also, while you're there, you can sign up for... The Daily Wink email, it'll come into your inbox every weekday morning. Same name as the first segment of this program, and you won't want to miss out on that. I wanted to take an opportunity. It's, it's been a wild week of news, watching some of the things happen. And when I say news, I don't mean the things that are happening. Let me be clear. It has been a wild week on the news networks. Now, you and I probably are, are on the same page with this. You, you aren't logging on and watching CNN or MSNBC unless you're looking for your daily dose of humor, right? Because we, we at this point have learned that, that the media is lying uh, to us. They are advancing an agenda. They are not reporting things that are happening. However, it is a very interesting bellwether to see uh, what the left is saying, to see what the upcoming narrative and the agenda is, the things that they're going to drive home. And holy cow, this week has just been bonkers. But what it has been is a, I think, a very interesting revelation of some of the incredible lengths that they're going to go to to lie and whip up a frantic frenzy among people who are uninformed about what could possibly happen in 2024 if uh, Donald Trump moves forward, if he is not prosecuted and thrown in the deepest, darkest jail. Or I think that these kinds of frenzied news reports are good for you and I to consider so that we see what the lesser informed, the more ignorant, and again, I'm not saying the stupid, ignorant people who are uninformed in our lives, friends, family, co-workers, people who don't go searching for the truth like you do, we need to get them there. So to go and watch what they're seeing, if they just casually turn on the news, I think is a very good and healthy thing uh, because there's so much of it that is just blatantly incorrect. Like uh, they, I saw across all of the networks, CNN and MSNBC, they fawned over Hunter Biden coming out in front of the Capitol today, uh, this week. He came out and had his uh, tirade against the House, dragging his name through the mud, and he insisted, he insisted My father was not financially involved in my business. Literally hours later, IRS whistleblowers and a bunch of other things essentially prove that wrong with a paper trail. It's it's a lie. And yet none of that got covered by any of the corporate media. This is why they're dying. And I don't know if you saw the launch this week. Tucker Carlson had his uh, next big thing, the TCN Tucker Carlson Network and his big message. He actually posted digital billboards outside uh, headquarters of CNN, MSNBC and a lot of others that big, big picture of him. And it said corporate media is dead. Well, this is why they're dying, because they're not even trying to hide how awful and atrocious uh, uh, they are at line. 
lying and, and pushing a narrative and not even remotely trying to tell you the truth about any situation. So to th- watch things like, you know, the the um, disparity between the Hunter Biden uh, uh, news conference this week and the truth that was actually reported a little bit later uh, to watch some of the guests on uh, these MSNBC and CNN shows go off about all of the the dangers that they see to democracy. Our democracy could crumble. This is the reminder that we are a democratic republic. We're not a democracy, though. This is a, a key difference that we could go into another time. I think you agree with me and understand, though, that the basic we're run by the rule of law, not the rule of whatever 51 percent say. But you, you you start going down the list, this frantic, worked up lying is, is across the board hilariously uh, sad. I don't know another way to put it. Um, in fact, I, I heard a montage this morning, and, and then we'll get to the point here. The montage this morning is uh, I, I heard from CNN and MSNBC these last two weeks alone, and it was over and over again people saying, if Donald Trump gets back in, he will ruin the Department of Justice. He will prosec- uh, persecute, not prosecute, persecute his uh, opponents. He'll do this. He'll do that. Democracy will fail. And literally, if you were to insert the Biden administration in place of where each of these folks said Trump. All of these things are coming true. And yet that's not what the news is showing average uninformed voters who just turn on the news like they always have and see this kind of thing. Folks, this is the opportunity that you and I have this Christmas, and I pray that you take it with me, okay? This is incredibly important. There are a lot of folks, and it's the stereotypical Christmas time, but you've got political conversations, trying to keep it away from family gatherings, uh, lots of different viewpoints on different things, etc. and so on. It is so easy to want to back out of those things, to want to just, you know, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with these folks who are uninformed, who don't want to have a conversation, but I tell you what i think it's more important than ever that you and i actually grab folks by the shoulders figuratively i mean literally it's up to you but figuratively is at least grab folks by the shoulders and and shake them and get them to understand hold on look for the truth are you even trying to double check anything that these people are saying you know what what does ed say distrust but verify Uh, tell them fine trust but verify verify you've got to go and double check because if you even start to scratch the surface of some of the frantic things that these folks are are just fomenting the fear that they are fomenting over the airwaves of corporate media it it falls apart their narrative can't hold water you and i got to take responsibility for a little bit of breaking that up this christmas will you join me do it with me we can do it nicely and respect respectfully but i tell you what having a nice uh peaceful christmas holiday once uh, i think is uh, a lot uh uh, less of a goal to have than trying to salvage the republic uh, over the course of the next year so join with me talk to your family trust me we need to get people's attention. They have got to understand what is happening and who they should and should not listen to. You and I can do a little bit of that this Christmas. So uh, take an, uh, take it under advisement. Consider it. Think about it. Uh, but I'll leave it there. It's just been too crazy of a news week not to tell you uh, that you and I both need to take that opportunity here over the next couple of weeks with our family gatherings. So I'll leave it there. Have a good weekend, everybody. Thank you for being a listener, for being a part of the Pro-America Report family. Thank you to Ed for leading us through the show each and every week. Uh, thank you to Mason, my co-producer, who helps me keep all of the technicalities on time. And thank you to you again, most of all, for listening, making this valuable, and for being uh, involved in the future of our nation. Thank you so much, everyone. We will see you next year, uh, next week here on the Pro-America Report. Once again, have a good weekend, everybody. Three-star 
retired general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.